0: This is the Movie Hall of Fame, class of 1988, for Friday, July 3rd, 2020. I'm Nico, I'm your host, that's Adam. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're,
0: We gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> we're recording out of order today. It's, um... <laughs> we We started recording this podcast and realized we were going long so we just turned that into its own podcast so i don't know when you're hearing it or what the context is but i think this is a dumber idea by the way in terms of like conserving time yeah this was a stupid ass idea well i'm not worried about conserving like uh uh, conserving what i don't know why that word was so hard to (laughs) say i'm in a tizzy i'm not worried about conserving time as much as i am stretching out content oh I see. i'm in the content business bro you are such a f- corporate whore i'm in the oh, business yeah. of producing content yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, i'm 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 the chugging along with you that's all i'm doing here are your nominees <clears throat> class of 1988 we're doing a tight hour today yeah a tight tight we hour to. we have to midnight run akira beetlejuice who framed roger rabbit rain man and die hard yep good list yes i have some regrets Oh, yeah. Yes. You have some regrets. I do. We'll talk, though. Here are the highest grossing movies in 1988. Okay. Number one, what is it? Uh, I don't fucking know. Die Hard. No. Rain Man, number one. Oh, okay. Followed by Who Framed Roger Rabbit at two, Coming to America at three, Crocodile Dundee two oh. at four. Already. And Twins! At five. Twins was that successful? I was blown away by that number. Wow. Blown away. Good for twins. Twins made $216 million worldwide. What the hell? It was a commercial success. That Arnold man. He knows what he's doing. Man, he put butts in seats back man. in the 80s, man. All right. Is Twins a good movie? Yeah. I agree. I think it is too. Yeah, it's a good movie. I think it's a good movie. Not a great movie or anything. It's fine. It's Twins. Yeah. Yeah. Rambo 3 at 6, Fish Called Wanda at 7, Cocktail at 8, Big at 9, and then Die Hard all the way at 10. Wow. i was kind of surprised by that. Uh, Fun Year at the Oscars. Best Picture. Your nominees were The Accidental Tourist, Dangerous Liaisons, Mississippi Burning, Working Girl, and your winner is Rain Man. Hmm. Barry Levinson wins Best Director, beating out Martin Scorsese for Last Temptation of Christ. Oh, okay. Best Actor goes to Dustin Hoffman. We'll talk about that in a minute. Jodie Foster wins Best Actress for The Accused. Her first of two Oscar wins. Ah. This is one of my favorites ever. Kevin Kline wins Best Supporting Actor for A Fish Called Wanda. Really? That is one of the most fun, out-there Oscar wins. I can't think of another performance that is that, like, broadly comedic Mm -hmm. that won an Oscar. I guess I can't either. It's kind of, it's up there
1: with, like... Like Ryan Reynolds being nominated for a Golden Globe for Deadpool.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That
1: level of weird.
0: Yeah. The only one I can think of is Downey for Tropic Thunder. Oh, that's a good one, though. You know? But he didn't win. He was only nominated. I kind of get why he was nominated, though. Yeah. It's a great performance. When is that going to be taken off of streaming services, by the way? When is that
1: happening? If that, again, if it gets taken off of, off of streaming services, you're not understanding the whole fucking point of there the movie. There was an
0: episode of Mad Men. Do you remember the episode where Roger wore blackface and Don oh, was God. uncomfortable with Did it? they take that off? They like put a disclaimer in front of it. Oh, like, there's some disturbing material in this. Just know that it's meant to be satirical.
1: Because you're stupid and you wouldn't know if we didn't tell you. <laughs> jabril sent me that he was so triggered yesterday oh my god he's like
0: they don't understand art
1: yes yes we love you jabril by the way we love you yeah uh
0: and then gina davis best supporting actress really not for beetlejuice oh that's the accidental tourist that's a shame that's a shame right there (laughs) all right i don't like it anymore okay uh a lot of honorable mentions i have for you here uh big just missed the cut yeah I I think I kind of regret that. I think there are movies on this list I like more than Big. But I also think there's not much to say about Big. I guess, yeah. Everybody likes Big. Yes, of course. Heathers. Okay. That one I regret nominating. Not nominating. Uh, Fish Called Wanda. Could have made room. Maybe. I don't remember that movie at all. No? That's your boy, Cleese. Yeah, I know. but That's your boy. Yeah, I love Cleese. I love that movie. Talk radio. Oh, you have not seen Talk Radio, have mm-hmm. you? Okay, Eric Bogosian. <laughs> so already you're in. Okay, Bogosian wrote the the show as a Broadway play. I think it was a one man play, or maybe there, maybe not. But he wrote the play, performed it on Broadway for many years. Oliver Stone adapts. Ah. Eric Bogosian stars in the film. Just a shock jock in a radio station. That's it. So good. Such right. an eco movie. Yeah, okay. Such I, a it Nico. Sounds like an eco movie. If I could have justified nominating it, I would have. But it's just not as culturally significant as any of these. Okay. But it's great. Uh, Naked Gun came out. Yeah, that's one that I think
1: I also regret not having on here. Yeah. Last Invasion of Christ. That one too. That's a better conversation. I would have liked to have nominated that just to talk about it.
0: Yeah, we can find a way to talk about it eventually, yeah. I think. Because I really like it and I know you don't. So what if we did like a podcast of like the most controversial movies ever made?
1: Do you know? That's a, that's a, the problem is when you get down to that, it it can stir into like some movies that you would not stand. Yeah. Cause I could come up with some controversial. Well, I'm not movies. talking
0: about like irreversible. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean like movies that caused an uproar. Sure. When they were released okay. that actually courted controversy like do the right thing was a controversial movie when it came out yeah but then we could also do joker you
1: know i'm talking about good movies here (laughs) joker's a good movie it's just you know not we don't care to talk about it at this point
0: okay uh hairspray okay yeah no we don't No, we're fine (laughs) Dangerous liaisons. I haven't seen, but people ride for that. Yeah, hard. Yeah. Uh, Land Before Time. I love the Land Before Time. Me too. My childhood, right there. Piggy, baby. Yeah, I miss it. Mississippi Burning. Good movie. He uh, did great. Gene Hackman performance in that. Uh, Bloodsport.
1: <laughs> Again, we need to do a proper uh, Jean Claude Van Damme pod, which we have not yet. Do we? Not not for this podcast, but for why is this a thing? Yes, we're missing a fair few. Street Fighter. Come on. How about June Van Damme? June Van Damme yeah. next year? Yeah. Okay, I'm I'm down. I'm down. uh
0: Cocktail, Cruise, Early Cruise, Above the Law. <laughs> okay. We need to do more Seagull shows on that I one, ha- too. I hate Seagull. I fucking hate Seagull. That is a blasphemous thing. No, to it say. is not. It's blasphemous, thing <laughs> it's to,
1: blasphemous say. to say you like steven seagal Isn't Pam
0: Greer in that movie? I don't care. <laughs> Have you seen Above the Law? <laughs> no. Write that down for future <laughs> reference. Shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> above, the above the law. Make Adam watch Child's Play. Hey. Ooh, Child's Play is really good. I like yeah. Child's Play a lot. My,
1: like, childhood horror movie. I love... I actually grew up not... Like, I I, I was sort of unfair to the Child's Play movies because they just seemed bad on, on premise alone. I just... I don't like that. And then when I finally manned up and sat down, like, in my 20s to watch the Child's Play films, I was like oh they're really good hmm.
0: and then i have a bunch of movies that either we have talked about on this podcast before or someone else on this network has talked about it before bull durham was talked about on the sports movie podcast mm-hmm. don't to rehash that killer clowns from outer space was talked about on why is this a thing twins was talked about on why is this a thing they live was just talked about on why is this a thing my neighbor totoro just talked about two weeks ago class of Hayao miyazaki and willow just talked about on nostalgia plus subscribe to all of those shows this is a cool year i think yeah i agree national film registry puts die hard who framed roger rabbit i can't speak today and uh these movies stand in the liver you ever seen that Mm -mm. the finger man no i never seen no no edward james almost
1: oh really the finger man
0: it's about a math teacher okay What's nine times six? Fifty-four. <laughs> I love Edward James Olmos. I'll show you that scene. It's my favorite scene. I think ever in any movie. <laughs> okay. The finger man. Just, y'all, do yourselves a favor. Go on YouTube. Just search
1: the man. You're They're going to find some mixed results. I'm telling you that right now.
0: Yeah, okay. Put the parental filter on first. <laughs> and then search the Fingerman. Stand and deliver Edward James Olmos. Okay. Mm. Uh... Then some documentaries. Drums of Winter, Thelonious Monk, Straight No Chaser. And this is another movie that I could have made an argument for. Thin Blue Line. One of the great documentaries ever made about police corruption and abuse. Ah, I haven't seen that one. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. Let's start. Midnight Run. Okay. Is directed by Martin Brest. Starring Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin, Dennis Farina, and Joe Pantoliano joey fucking pants bro yeah my my um my late grandfather
1: actually uh met him what met him at aa what and called him an asshole okay
0: i think you just violated some sort of rule there
1: what (laughs) i think it's meant to be anonymous uh oh yeah you're right it doesn't fucking matter
0: uh yeah maybe i'll remove where your grandfather met him
1: at AA, okay. he met him at AA. Who gives a shit? Is at- your grandfather still with us?
0: No, he's not. Okay, so he's the one that violated the anonymous. Yeah. <laughs> <part>. <laughs> yes,
1: he is. Uh, yeah, um yeah. Met him at an AA meeting and thought he was a complete asshole and proceeded to call him an asshole. So yeah, there you go.
0: Oh man, I love him in this movie. Don't oh, you?
1: Me too. Oh, me too. Yeah, he's so good. I love him in pretty much everything.
0: I want to play a clip of him real quick. Okay for the
1: listening audience. Oh, God, okay. This is going to be longer than we're anticipating, Nico. I'm just telling you that. This is a
0: bad idea. Here's Joey Pants in Midnight Run. Here he is. Talking to De Niro on the phone. De Niro's calling him at a diner.
1: Jack, are you? Listen, I need you to wire me $500 to the Western Union office in Amarillo, Texas, right away. Wait a minute, what do you need with $500 on a bus? And why the fuck aren't you on a plane? Did it ever occur to you that I am a professional and that I might have my reasons? We are driving now, and I only have enough cash to get to Amarillo. We had to scrap the bus. Fuck the bus! I want to know what happened to the goddamn plane! (laughs) He doesn't like to fly.
0: He doesn't like to fly. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> Listen to me, Jack. You gotta be back here in less than two and a half fucking days. A half million dollars of my money. What the fuck is going on there? Eddie, 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 I swear to God, don't start with me now or I will shoot him and I will dump him in a fucking swamp. This is my favorite scene, on <laughs> Foster. I am in no fucking mood for this. <laughs> I'll dump him in the swamp. And De Niro just shakes his head. Nah, not you. I won't do it yet. It's just He's the nice. money and I'll have him back by the deadline. You hear me? Yes. Let's
1: go. Jerry! Why have $500 to Jack
0: Welch? He's the best. (laughs) Joey Pants. (laughs) Yeah, he's very
1: good. Whenever he's in the movie, it's funny.
0: Yes. Uh, It's nominated for zero Oscars that year, if you can believe it. An accountant is chased by bounty hunters, the FBI, and the mafia after jumping bail. You had never seen Midnight Run. No. That's crazy to me. Yeah, never seen it. Wow.
1: Yeah. So what'd you think of it? Oh, it's fun. Are you muted? <laughs> is this a muted response? It's fun. That's all I got. We can move on <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean it's I mean it's by far the most I think disposable movie on the list i mean it's there's a lot of movies like this um and um I mean, being honest, it just kind of felt like like I don't know if this is. I don't know if this is completely accurate or fair, but I don't know. I kept thinking like like Lethal Weapon Light, and I'd much rather have Lethal Weapon.
0: Oh, give me this over Lethal Weapon
1: every day. Oh God, of not, the week, not even close. Twice on Sunday, Jesus Christ, three times on Sunday. Give me Lethal Weapon. Holy shit, it's so much better, <laughs> so much better, and so much funnier. Um, yeah, it's okay. It's it's good. It's not like one I I I need to rewatch again. I it's it's a you know kind of buddy road movie. And it's got its it's got its moments. The best parts of the movie are when, uh, who's the guy who's always cuffed? What's that actor's name? Charles Grodin. Charles Grodin. Um, him not being sure if he's lying. Or, or or being completely naive. Yeah, when he lies about being a pilot. Yeah, that that <laughs> says I'm
0: afraid to fly, and then he ends up being a pilot. Yeah,
1: that stuff is quite funny. Like him trying to get out of it and being resourceful is is not knowing when he's being resourceful or yeah. when he's just you know, like I said, being naive. That's very entertaining. He's really good in the movie. Oh, he's great in the movie. Why don't you put it out? Yeah, put out the cigarette. <laughs> yeah, Jack, Jack. Why don't you put it out? <laughs>
0: I love that. Like, you ever had sexual intercourse with an animal?
1: <laughs> <laughs> he is fantastic in the movie. Yeah. Um, and I can watch the movie for him. I'm not like... I've, Robert De Niro is Robert De Niro. Um,
0: well, okay. I, I think this is the movie that proved he could do comedy. Yes. And then he went too far in the other direction and only did comedy. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the problem. I, I think like this is the perfect balance of like drama and comedy. Yeah, I and then bad grandpa is just like the worst. You follow it to its natural conclusion and that's what you end up with. Yeah. So then he needs to bounce back and do the Irishman. Yeah, that's the logical conclusion.
1: Yeah, Yeah. I think so. I did bad grandpa. Now I got to do the Irishman. Of course. One for me, one for them. (laughs) Yeah, Jesus. Uh, But I mean, otherwise, like, yeah, that's like all I, I really got. It's like, I don't know what to say about this
0: movie. Well, okay. fine i guess that's your response i love it um and i i don't have any like cinematic takes on it i just find it to be an incredibly fun like movie star movie yeah um i i think de niro's really fun um and i think groden is you're right like the revelation i mean he was doing like little movie i I think he's in rosemary's baby right Yeah. yeah he is you know he he bounced around the Hollywood system for a while there. Never really got his moment. This was kind of his moment. And yeah, he's super fun. Apparently that was supposed to be Robin Williams. Studio wanted Robin Williams. uh, And he said no. So they ended up going with Grodin. And I think Martin Brest also took Grodin's side on that. I did want to, for a second, highlight the career of Martin Brest. Because it is one of the most insane directorial careers of all time. All right. Martin Brest has only made six movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Here are the six movies. He does Going in Style, which is an Art Carney, George Burns movie. Haven't seen it. It's from like 79. Mm -hmm. He does Beverly Hills Cop. I don't know if I've seen Beverly Hills Cop. Not yet. Excellent movie. Mm -hmm. He does Midnight Run. I've seen this. He does Scent of a Woman. Okay. So he works with De Niro and Pacino back to back. Gets Pacino his first Oscar. Oh, I know where this is going. Then he does meet Joe Black, Mm -hmm. Brad Pitt, Anthony Hopkins, again, huge movie star movie, and then Geely in 2003. Yep, 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 yep. And then nothing. Nothing. The only credit I saw on IMDb since 2003, he got a special thank you in Capone. What? That's it. This is kind of irritating. Like, I don't, like, Geely is
1: a terrible movie. Don't get me wrong. Awful. I, I don't think it's that bad where it's like he shouldn't have been working anymore, though. It was a horrendous flop, though. I, I know that, but, like, like
0: well, you wouldn't give him an, another chance? Like, I think it hurt him. I, I don't think he wants to do stuff. He clearly doesn't want to... Because, look, somebody will give him money to do something. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to give you $100 million to make a Ben Affleck movie yeah. again, but someone will give you money to make something if you want to make it. Okay. So I just don't think he wants to. he's nah, like a John Carpenter, I guess. I think Geely really hurt. All right. I think Geely was supposed to be a major Hollywood star making vehicle and it was one of the worst movies of the last 20 years. True. But it's so crazy that he makes six movies and he gets huge names attached to all of them. Yeah. Like Art Carney and George Burns are Hollywood legends and then he gets Eddie Murphy in his prime with Beverly Hills Cop. He's clearly good at working with massive movie stars. He's an actor's director in that way. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't call him like a great visual director but to see him just fall off a cliff there and then nothing. Yeah. It's really like an incredible like flash in a pan story. I'd love to see like a movie about Martin Brest. There's
1: probably a lot more there. I want at least a documentary. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good idea. He's only 68. Really? Yeah. Man, he could still make some movies. Absolutely. He's got more in him. Martin Brest, we're reaching out to you, make more movies. Yeah. If not for just why is this a thing alone? Sure, yeah, give it we to us. We need more material. Make it for us. We will fund your movie with two dollars. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: anyway, yeah, I I love certain scenes of this movie. Obviously, the phone call that we just yes, played, yes, where yes. he shakes his head, Grodin is great. Uh, the the litmus configuration scene where mm. they're <laughs> they're stealing the twenty dollar bills because they convince the diner attendant that yeah. they're the FBI and they're looking for counterfeit money. <laughs> this one's good. <laughs> These are all bad. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> so great. And it also has this, like, great arc where, you know, two men that are on opposite sides of the law realize that they have something in common. They both see themselves as righteous people in an unrighteous world. Yeah. Yep, yep. You know, one's an accountant ripping off the mob. Another is a cop that refused to take a, a bribe from the mob. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think, like, it's a really fun road movie. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's it works as that. I don't, like,
1: I'm not going to... Prop this film up more than more than it needs to be because like those, like like the arc elements and what happens to them, like you know that's gonna happen. Sure, you know like everything. You it's a very predictable movie in that way. It's just like very well executed on the whole, and you know, funny enough, and the chemistry between Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin is great. The whole movie for me is Charles Grodin though. Yeah, if it didn't have him, I wouldn't like this film even half as much. Yeah, so. uh,
0: yeah, he's he's excellent in it, and uh, it's just a movie that I watch a lot on cable, yeah. and it also I I think has become relatively iconic i mean the shot of them handcuffed to each other and they're walking through the desert i mean that's referenced a lot i know i was listening to a podcast with the writer's room of better call saul and they did an episode with saul and mike that was loosely inspired by uh, midnight run interesting and that was sort of their vision for the show when they said we're going to do it with saul goodman and mike Ehrmantraut. is that they wanted these two sort of opposite ends of the legal spectrum uh, forced to survive together uh, you know, on the run from a uh, nefarious force, and so yeah, I mean, it's it's cited often as like a really underrated '80s action movie. Yeah, I um, agree. I agree. And I'm, I'm a little upset that you didn't like it as much as I did.
1: It's charming enough, you know. I would recommend it. Like, if you want, like, it's the kind of movie where it's like, what do you want to watch tonight? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Midnight Run? Yeah, throw it on. Okay, it's that kind of movie.
0: Let's move on. Akira. 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 Hmm. I don't like that you pronounce it like that. Akira. I don't know how you pronounce it. I pronounce it Akira. Uh, a k i r a. Got it. I think that's how it's said. Directed by Katsuhiro Otomo. Okay. I'll take it. I will not read any of the cast. <laughs> you racist.
1: You xenophobe. <laughs> Say one name.
0: No. <laughs> uh, a, a, secret, <laughs> a secret military project endangers neo tokyo when it turns a biker gang member into a rampaging psychic psychopath who could only be stopped by two teenagers and a group of psychics okay you are really pushing your luck with making me watch all this anime you are pushing your luck i just watched a bunch of hayao miyazaki and i enjoyed them enough yeah can we stop this now No more anime for a while.
1: Well, I had to pick the most important movie of this year. Oh, God. Akira. Yeah, so so there's that. Stop it. Okay. I saw this one for the first time,
0: by the way. Let me just say this, and then you can go on your little rampage. You can go on your psychic rampage. It's another movie where I had no idea what the fuck was going on for like 90% of it. I wasn't there with you. And I read the Wikipedia and it clarified things a little bit, but I'm still kind of confused. I thought visually it was marvelous mm-hmm. and uh, I had a lot of fun watching it. But like I had fun watching it in the same way that, like a three-year-old enjoys watching Frozen. They just <laughs> enjoy the songs and they enjoy like the Ice Queen. You, you bring this comparison up a lot. Yeah, And I don't think it's it's fair at what's all. What's the comparison to Frozen?
1: Yeah, no, no, no. Just to like, move, like, oh, I'm watching fireworks. It's like, no, that's not what's going on here, dude. No,
0: I know. It. Here's the thing. The reason why I enjoyed it, unlike my enjoyment of watching fireworks, I do not enjoy watching. <laughs> I enjoyed this because I knew that somewhere there was some interesting intellectual content. Oh. I just couldn't decipher it. Is in it, the moment.
1: Um, okay, cool. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. It's the best movie on the list. Oh, and it's not even close Please. this movie blew my Please. fucking socks Please. off man this movie holy shit Please. holy shit i fucking adore this movie i haven't given a movie five stars outright in a long and i'm like okay i'm done i gave a movie five stars i'm not i'm no more stars are you serious this is the best anime film i've ever seen in my life are you serious fuck yeah i love this movie this movie was really incredible incredible everything about this movie was perfect i was like yes 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 to everything that was going on i love the characters i love the story yeah if i, I could the, tell which characters the, were which oh i'm god, sure i would shut loved up them. i had a perfectly fine time doing it <laughs> i love the world building i love the arcs i love where everything the action is fantastic that first like like 10 minutes with them riding through the city is just glorious i can't wrap my head around how this was all hand drawn yeah it's pretty incredible i mean my god God, and this was just such an interesting, just cinematic, artistic piece. Just to sit back, and again, it's one of those movies that just kind of works on you rather than you being like, okay, like what's going on? It's like, I just let the movie do its thing. And oh my God, I had a wonderful time with everything in this movie. Yeah, it's my favorite movie on the list. And Die Hard was my favorite film beforehand, but I'm like, nope, this movie's awesome. (laughs) That is shocking. Love this
0: movie. It's a shocking revelation.
1: Yep. Uh, Who is Akira? Like here, it was a uh, like someone who had attained, I believe, the psychic powers before people knew exactly what they were, and then they try to cultivate him, and it went horribly wrong. Uh Yeah, and as a result, a singularity happened, which is essentially like a black hole.
0: Okay, yeah. Explain what this is, because like that third act,
1: (laughs) (laughs) the third act gets uh, ambitious. Yeah,
0: there is some interstellar shit happening in that third act. Oh yeah, but without Anne Hathaway there to walk (laughs) me through it,
1: (laughs) which again. (laughs) If Anne Hathaway wasn't there, maybe I would have liked the ending of Interstellar more. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, But yeah, like that that whole singularity thing was like the the whole like, what it ends up becoming is more like the Star Child idea in 2001. Okay. This movie directly, um, almost directly references at times. Uh Uh-huh. And how like once you reach that plane of existence in your evolution, you become of a higher being that almost becomes of godlike, which is why at the end you get uh, uh, Tetsuo, I believe is his name, who becomes so advanced with these psychic abilities that he becomes sort of uh, ethereal.
0: Okay. So. And... Yeah, but before, like, he was like expanding into like this, like yeah, world crushing being, which is disgusting. Okay, what was what was that? Well, they explain
1: in in the process that it's because it's those powers like taking control of like every element of his body and warping it beyond his control, and that's and it gets you know, it's I guess the best way you could describe it is like a like a nuclear reactor meltdown. Uh It's like you there are people inside trying to manage it and control it, but. Once it's going, it's going, and you can't do anything about it.
0: Yeah, and so this kid is, like, he's in a biker gang with the other guys, but they, like, go to school, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of They're, go like, to kids. Something. Yeah, and the
1: system forces them to go to school, but they don't want to. Okay. And what ends up happening is that he gets into a horrible accident, and because he comes into contact with one of the like uh other like actual psychic beings it's kind of has an influence on him and then they start testing on him to see like how much of it is rubbed off on him and then they like in- like they go way too far with it and inject him with more shit and, and then he becomes like this dragon ball z character and
0: who are those wrinkly little
1: kids they i believe were just other uh, uh beings that were sort of like remnants from akira they, they reference that they're they're like kind of closely related to Akira, and they're like they they know him personally they were just like amongst that group that were that were forming in the next stage of human evolution. <laughs> made perfect sense to me. I'm sorry it didn't make sense to you <laughs> <laughs> look i uh, spoofy is. Holy sh! I mean, I was just like on another plane of existence.
0: It's all me too. But I think Uh, my plane was (laughs) drastically different than yours. Yeah. uh, I think we were on drastically different flights there. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, I think it's by, I think it's like, like far and away the best movie on the list. And I, that's insane. Yeah. I I was like, okay. Yep. Yep. Get out of here. Die hard. Um, what the, (laughs) ah! and, um, yeah, like like it's it's important not to undersell. It's also the most important film of the bunch. Yeah. Uh, in terms of impact, not only for uh, animation, but also for other stories that ended up birthing other movies, you know, some good, some bad. Mostly good, though, actually. Uh, and yeah, basically popularizing anime
0: for uh, Western culture. Right. So- yeah, I, I will say that, and I, I'm not an anime scholar, nor are you, and I apologize to all the anime scholars out there that are listening to us fumble our way through this conversation. But when I think about anime, or at least before I went into that Hayao Miyazaki podcast, this is what I thought of as anime. Mm -hmm. Like that old cartoon network, like (laughs) Dragon Ball Z, Naruto, uh, the stuff that sort of influenced like Samurai Jack, all of that, that style of animation, like that sort of hyper aggressive neon futuristic dystopian Mm -hmm. uh, like superhero shit. That's basically what this is. Um, it's maximalist, whereas oh, yeah. Miyazaki is minimalist. I like Totoro better than this. I like Spirited Away better than this. I actually think I like Princess Mononoke better than this. Really? Yeah, dude, I, come on. I, I do. <laughs> come I, on. I I think, as you said, it is in- incredibly illustrated. Um, the the scenery is incredible. The amount of detail. There are a lot of like sweeping shots of the city. Oh yeah. Um, I think about that opening. That opening is still burned into my head. Of. Just like it's not a drone shot, but it looks like what a drone shot would look like if it was over Tokyo. Oh, and each building is like so meticulously drawn, mm-hmm. and every frame is just covered with that much
1: detail. You it's know? a painting, and then there's so much story in the background. Yeah, I love movies like Mad Max where the story is always there's a, there's a story up front, but you can if you look closely in the background and what the other characters or what the landscape's doing, you can notice like a story that has actually happened here, and you can piece it together. So in like this, you'll there will be like posters on the side, like they'll go to. An area that was just rioted, or they'll go into an area that was uh, just like graffiti to express uh, everyone's hatreds for imperialism and the totalitarian state. But the movie doesn't draw any attention to it. It's just kind of sure. there. Kind of reminded me of today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah. Uh, aside from the s- psychic people. Yeah. You know. But you're right, it is a very vividly drawn world, Mm -hmm. and it's a fully realized world, and very rarely in animation do you see something like that.
1: It was interesting, though, because obviously this takes a lot of inspiration from Blade Runner in 2001. How did
0: I know Blade Runner would come up here? I don't know. There were some neon buildings, and it was dark outside, and it's the future, so it's got to be Blade Runner. Why is that so crazy to you? it's just i don't know <laughs> dude like why is that so weird to you <laughs> dude if you could like credit the 26th amendment to fucking blade runner you would man I probably would. like a- anything you could stretch I've, I've so- <laughs> <laughs> everything is blade runner well, yeah w- watch me uh, uh, the george foreman grill is a, is a descendant of blade runner i was just about to the make the ingenuity a- of ridley scott in that movie <laughs>
1: I was just about to uh, jokingly compare Blade Runner to Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but then I realized you could actually probably. Ah!
0: (laughs) Okay, uh, no, I get it, man. It's the
1: future, and there's lots of lights. You know, you know Dustin Hoffman's performance in Rain Man really—it just (laughs) reminds me so much of Rick Deckard. You ain't wrong. Yeah, I know. You ain't wrong. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> I knew you would respond to that. See, I know you too well. Uh, no, but like, like it was, I was, I was watching and there. There are shots in it that clearly like I, if we're talking further about Blade Runner, like I, there, there are instances in like 2049 that I'm thinking about when I'm watching this movie and then, and I see it in this and I'm like, oh wow, it looks like Denis like referenced Akira in certain instances, even more than the first movie at times, mm. especially in Kay's, uh, introduction, or not introduction, but when he's first flying into the city, and the way it kind of pans over these gloomy, brutalist structures to, you know, kind of a gray nothing landscape, it felt very, very, very similar to this, more so than even the first Blade Runner, which I thought was interesting.
0: Yeah, that is kind of cool, though, when, like, a movie inspires another movie, and then, like, the follow-up to that movie is inspired by the thing (laughs) that was inspired by the original.
1: The Blade Runner timeline is fascinating. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, dude, I... uh,
0: I am shocked that you're this high on it. It's
1: fantastic. I
0: understand people love it. It's a classic. Um, apparently, you can stream it on Hulu, according to IMDb. Yeah, I so think there you go. That's exactly what
1: I did. This movie was outstanding.
0: Yeah. Um, no, if I knew it was going on half the time, <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. I'm a philistine when it comes to anime. And it foreign wasn't that cinema. hard, I'm though. Sorry. This, the, honestly, Princess Mononoke was much more difficult to follow for me. <sighs> I just I didn't know like who was friends with who or oh, why they captured on. this guy or what. I mean, the problem was they kept referring to Akira as like this distant figure. This is what he is. But I, I, for a while there, I'm like, is Akira like a metaphor for something? Like, is that like, oh you were over- its like akira like the name of you know like we like name storms after yeah, people yeah. like maybe like akira was just like a natural occurrence that mm-hmm. they ascribed a name to or yes. maybe like it's code like it's an anagram for something mm-hmm. and then i saw they pulled the, the like the body out of the construction yeah. site and i'm like oh that's akira but you're the king of overthinking things too by the way yeah you do it a
1: lot that's true i've been known to do that <laughs> i mean a i'm little. a podcaster i have to yeah, i know it's, it's a problem <laughs> Be a little more laid back, Nico.
0: <laughs> no, for a while, I did let the movie happen to me. And I think that's when the movie worked the best is when I just let it happen to me. Well, and then, and then uh, uh, Tetsuo becomes an ogre, malformed thing, Right. Yeah. And you're like, I'm out. Y- yes. I'm out. Actually, <laughs> I'll tell you when I was out. I'm I was curious. out when the teddy bear showed up. Uh- <laughs> that's when I was out.
1: That's a dream sequence.
0: I know. But I'm still like, well, who the fuck are these teddy bears? What is it about teddy bears? You're weird. <laughs> Pretty violent movie, too.
1: Extremely violent. It's I was actually, R-rated. I was actually shocked by how violent the movie was.
0: Yeah. I didn't expect that at all. Is yeah. the rare R-rated animated movie boobs show up? Yeah, very briefly, but they do, yeah. You get it's like a rape scene essentially. They like seen. harass this woman and they rip her blouse off and you get the boobs. I feel so bad for her too, because she, she doesn't do anything wrong and then she gets like like
1: like killed at the very end by that weird like 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 thing. The, the like the thing from the thing yeah right 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 <laughs> the thing from the thing i hate talking about it that way <laughs> but yeah
0: okay well i'm glad you liked it loved it we'll talk later then i yeah, guess i think i guess we will boy beetlejuice directed by tim burton starring alec baldwin gina davis Catherine o'hara jeffrey jones winona ryder and michael keaton winner of best makeup at the oscars the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. Yep. I'm sorry, listening public, but I'm going to talk shit about Beetlejuice. Oh, no. Did you watch this again? I did. Oh, okay. Last time I saw it, I was a child.
1: Oh, is this a Ghostbusters incident? Yes. No. This is oh, this. no. No. <laughs> Nico, what are you doing? <laughs>
0: Uh, this is another ghostbusters shit i saw it as a kid i thought fine <laughs> michael keaton's got some weird makeup going on here He's so good at and this i remember movie. like the heads i remember like alec baldwin and gina davis like morphing their heads into like i don't know like origami birds that creeped me out it's like remember there was, there was that like sculpture that japanese sculpture with like the wide eyes yeah i know what you're talking about i forget what that thing was called Um, yeah, uh, Tim Burton, man, is really an (laughs) enigma to me. I'm sorry. I'm not, I don't get him. I'll never get him. Edward Scissorhands is funny because Johnny Depp has scissors for hands. That's why I like that movie. I've decided I like that movie because I laugh at a guy with scissors for hands. But I don't laugh at that movie. That movie's not like necessarily even funny to me. That movie's like sweet as hell. Alan Arkin makes me laugh hysterically during that movie. That is a pure comedy. Uh, Let me read you an anecdote that I found on IMDb. Tim Burton feared the day sequence wouldn't go over well since in his opinion, it wasn't very funny. He turned out to be wrong. Audiences loved it and think of it as one of the film's most iconic scenes. Uh, I agree with Tim Burton. (laughs) I watched that fucking scene again and I was so annoyed picturing the people in the theater laughing at this and like picturing Tim Burton fans like watching this scene over and over again. It's like, Oh, it's so clever. (laughs) Catherine O'Hara is jumping on the table and singing
1: "Dale." He's doing it again. Stop it with the fans, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Who gives a shit about the fans? You do this every time. I who fucking cares? Don't care. About Tim Burton's About thing? Beetlejuice. I, I don't care. Ugh.
0: Michael Keaton is brilliant in the yes. movie. He is brilliant. <laughs> Everything he does is brilliant. Everything... <laughs> My appreciation of the movie begins and ends with Michael Keaton. If <laughs> Michael Keaton is not on screen, not, I have no interest in this like movie. Not like the production. This Great
1: production design uh, of this movie. It's so quirky. It, it's so visually inventive. So gothic. Sandworms. You hate them, right? <coughs> I hate them myself. <laughs> Save that one for later. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Do I really want to do this again? <laughs> I always said to myself, I'm never gonna do this, I'm ever gonna get married again. Nice fucking model. Ninety percent of Michael Keaton's lines were ad-libbed. Yeah. Ninety percent That's amazing. Yeah. I mean he's in a different movie isn't he no he's kind of in a different movie no
1: i disagree that's the whole point of the character though he's supposed to be like the outlier troublemaker that causes problems for everybody
0: right i mean he's just a used car salesman like you know this character because you've seen him on like local commercials being like come on down to bob chevy yep zero percent financing and he's wearing like a multicolored tie it's Mm -hmm. like oh i recognize this character he's an annoying pitch man yeah uh yeah, no, he's this entire movie for me. When he's not on screen, I have no interest. I think Winona Ryder as the little girl that like is into ghosts. It's like, mm. oh god, I hated this girl in high school, and I don't need to spend any more time with her now. I like her a lot, though. Here's the problem with Tim Burton movies. What? Okay, they are children's movies made for adults. That is the problem. But they work. People love them. I love them. Yeah, children enjoy them. This is my favorite. And then man children <laughs> enjoy them when they grow up. They're but not adults. But adults who <laughs> like adult things don't like these movies. You are such a fucking 90 I'm an adult now. I'm no. an adult now, Adam. <laughs> it's
1: perfectly enjoyable. I enjoy adult things now. What about the, the fact that these, like, most of the movies about death? <laughs> and coping with death, and, no, it's in depression. It, no, definitely, and it's moving, a fucked up movie.
0: And moving away, there's and some stuff. fucked up body horror and shit. Yes, yeah. yeah. certainly, and like
1: the the relationship between fathers and daughters or their families. It's not like immature.
0: No, but it's still made for kids, though. It's silly. It's a kid's movie. It's silly. I wouldn't necessarily say it's specifically made for kids. Genrically. Generically? (laughs) generically, You could say generically. Generically? Throw more shade at it. (laughs) It's a children's movie. It's got all, like, the tropes of children. It's got, like, a wacky character, and it's got a haunted house with, like, kooky production design, and... Yeah, so like, like there is horror in it but it's like a kids movie it's real PG Alien is made for teenagers but that's a very adult movie is Alien made for teenagers it is I mean every movie is made for teenagers though right I guess at the end of the day like every movie that's like but that is a
1: horror movie that's a slasher movie in space yeah certainly that's for teenagers in heavy quotes yet for some reason that movie transcended all of that yeah but it works for adults though oh my god and Beetlejuice doesn't People love this movie. didn't work for this adult. It's great. didn't work for this adult on the rewatch. You're a broken adult. (laughs) (laughs) By the way, by the way, you mispronounced the name. It's Boitoigaloys.
0: Boitoigal? Goidal? (laughs) Goidal? Oh, man, I wish I had Rob Soundboard. I listened to that
1: snippet of you guys on Two sets and I was losing my <laughs> shit. It was so funny. Because you guys had no idea what it was. You had no idea. I loved it. <laughs> that can't be right. <laughs> no shit.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this the right one? No way. Oh, no. no.
1: Do pronunciation manual. Like, that's the website. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it just mispronounces everything.
0: Okay, here it is. <laughs> Uh, boy toegol doil goil luis Boy toegol coilor
1: <laughs> Zack Elefanakis is the best of goose is. Is. is that really how? It's it's how it is. Beetle juice Beetlejuice. Boy toegol doil goil luis <laughs> uh, Boy toigle, goidle, doi, goidle, goidle. <laughs> Look, you gotta look up the uh, Zach Galifianakis one. Zass, Jordan and
0: <laughs> <laughs> What a stupid bit.
1: <laughs> it's got like way too many subscribers. Uh, what is it,
0: pronunciation manual? Yes. Zass, Jordan and Afinapis. Here it is, let's see. Sass Jordan and <laughs> Sass Jordan and Afanapis. Zass, Jordan F and an app net. Here's Joaquin Phoenix. Jakuku Pahuinas. Jakuku Pahuinas. Jakuku Pahuinas.
1: <laughs> uh. oh, oh, God damn it! <laughs> uh, but doigal. I'm
0: done. I'm done with Beetlejuice. Let's move on. <laughs> we got really. That's all we have to say about Beetlejuice. Uh, well, it seems like all you have to say about Beetlejuice. No, I, I just had, a, a, I had an awakening this this week. I had a spiritual awakening. This movie's overrated. No, you're overrated. Roger Ebert gave it a two-star <laughs> review. I never felt like more closely to Roger Ebert. All right. He also gave... What did he give Die Hard? Uh, well, that's a good question. I didn't read that. Mm-hmm. Oh, a no. famous
1: Roger Ebert review. Really? Yeah. And for good reason, unfortunately. Infamous, you mean? Yes, infamous.
0: Well, I'll that's re- true, yeah. I'll infamous. read that when we get to it, then. I had no idea. Yeah, I, I just I just found it just so childish, and I did I really the banana boat scene I just remember being so much funnier than it is, mm. and at the end when they're like dancing to the other song by that same group, yeah, the like Shake uh, Senora, yeah, yeah, Shake think about it, right? Yes, I love it. It's all Keaton, man. The movie's all Keaton. They're making a sequel, I guess. I guess so too. Yeah, the play apparently is right, really good, so. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention when we talked about Akira, Taika Waititi is working on the live action one.
1: Yeah, I heard. Well, that's been in development hell for a very long time. They've yeah. been trying to get an Akira live action movie done like for forever now, but the property is just so difficult again to adapt, and they're not. They I don't think anyone was fully confident about it. The closest we got, I guess, was Canada's uh, uh, bike in Ready Player One. There you
0: go. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was the reference there. Yep. yep, yep. All right. I wish I had more to say about Beetlejuice. It's great. Whatever. It's great. Uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? (laughs) Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Starring Bob Hoskins and Christopher Lloyd. Winner of Best Film Editing, Best Sound Effects, and Best Visual Effects at the Oscars. It was a force of nature at the Academy Awards that year. Mm. Also nominated for Best Cinematography, Art Direction, and Sound. A tune-hating detective is a cartoon rabbit's only hope to prove his innocence when he is accused of murder. I gave this one a rewatch too. Did you? It, it I did. It's on uh, it's on Disney Plus so you can check it out. It's a Disney production. Okay. And I was struck by like how they got all of these cartoons <laughs> into a movie. I wrote on Letterboxd, I think the nature of the review was if Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse can appear in a movie together, like Israel and Palestine could definitely work their shit out. And this movie isn't childish? Let me read the thing about the licensing, <laughs> and then I'll address you. <laughs> uh spielberg was a producer on it of course uh and he convinced warner brothers fleischer studios king features syndicate felix the cat productions turner entertainment and universal pictures all of which had properties that were shown in this movie to lend their characters to appear in the film with in some cases stipulations on how those characters were portrayed for example disney's donald duck and warner brothers daffy duck appear as equally talented dueling pianists They could not have one be a better pianist than the other in that scene. And Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny also share a scene together. Apart from this agreement, Warner Brothers and the various other companies were not involved in the production of Roger Rabbit. However, the productions were unable to acquire the rights to use Popeye, Tom and Jerry, Little Lulu, Casper, and the Terry tunes for appearances from their respective owners. So they got most of the cartoons they wanted. They didn't get all of them. Uh, I was amazed by how Warner Brothers and Disney just played ball and just had all of their characters in the same thing. Oh, and it's all the better for it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. This movie like feels so alive, and like it, it's such a tribute to just like your childhood. And it's just like a great trip down memory lane. But it's also pretty damn dark. Pretty dark.
1: It's got its moments. Uh, this movie actually, ironically... Fits into the category of uh, dark things you remember as a kid. Yeah, I and mean, you wonder, like, oh, what was that movie? Even though I always knew what the movie was, but right, um, like Nick has his knife scene in Starship Troopers. Yeah, this movie has a few moments like that. I have me. Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. That's oh, one. Yeah. yeah. For me, it's when he dips the tune in the shoe tune. Yeah. into uh, the dip for the first time. Uh, it's also when he's run over by the steamroller.
0: Yeah, I remember that being horrifying. Yeah, and I was vindicated. I was 100% correct. Yeah, it's very horrifying to be horrified. Yep. So there's that. Yeah. Um, when he blows himself up and then shows like his real eyeballs, like that is some Cronenberg body horror going
1: on. <laughs> there's a lot of that in this movie, you know? At least with that character more, more than anything. Yeah, that is the fly right there. It's great. Yeah, I love this movie. Yeah. Um, I should read my review because this is important. Go Did a little review. All right, so... Oh, everybody clear the way? Yeah, okay. Adam Hall wrote something. The best
0: reviews yeah. right here. Anyway... Um, Follow him at some... Adam, no, at Adam Hall. Just Adam Hall. It's Adam Hall. the
1: Adam Hall. Did, did you... It's not the Adam Hall. It's just Adam Hall. I know. It is Adam Hall, but I'm just saying I am the Adam Hall. Letterboxd. You seem to have forgotten. Y'all, get on Letterboxd. It's fun. Yeah. It, whatever. I enjoy that it's, site. It's whatever. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Chinatown's really good. But it doesn't have any Looney Tunes in it. Good point. And this key idea just makes me think. The Godfather. It's decent, right? But let's be honest. It's a better movie if it incorporates some hand-drawn animated characters. I agree. Platoon. It's a solid war movie. Yeah. But where the hell is Bugs Bunny? Annie Hall. Funny movie. But it'd be funnier if it were Minnie Mouse instead of Annie. I agree. Uh, And of course there's Irreversible. Uh, Good but questionable. That's fair to say
0: uh the doubt Wait, of who, who would uh, the cartoon played irreversible hold on hold on good but questionable that's fair to say i think that um, fire extinguisher bashing the skull i'm not sure it has the same effect if it was a cartoon no i don't think i'm so. not sure the logic would be the same there i
1: don't think so but i still
0: think it's more pleasurable. i think he would just hop right back up and just keep on going it's a better
1: movie though isn't it
0: you missed a great godfather pun by the way
1: oh did i what was that
0: i mean you could have been like you know don corleone is great and all but how about don duck Whoa. Whatever <laughs> Too obvious Came up with that on the fly right Too there Too obvious That's some improvisational comedy for you Regardless <laughs> Irreversible It's good but
1: questionable But the doubt in our minds Would completely disappear If all the characters were re- replaced By fucking Friend and Stippy Or Ren and Stippy How do you say their names? Ren and Stimpy Okay good good I was Have you never that. seen Ren and Stimpy? I've seen Ren and Stimpy I always say I always want to say Fred and Stippy Which is a
0: problem now that you're thinking of yeah. uh, Flintstone Or yeah. Scooby-Doo or
1: It's just it's Fred sounds better. I don't know why. But sure. Ren and Stippy. And in short, because of that, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is brilliant.
0: It is really Chinatown, isn't it? There's <laughs> yeah. so much Chinatown just in Chinatown. this. It's
1: the Chinatown. The, the, the look of the movie, which the movie looks great, by the way. Incredible. Incredible. Uh, the cinematography, um, the music especially in a lot of cases when it chooses to be a little more somber. A lot of the, the just the, I mean, obviously the uh, 30s aesthetic for everything. It's great. Uh, and, um... Man, like so many like perfect decisions in terms of like incorporating an idea. If you want to do a movie that is as zany as this, let's incorporate a noir, but make it uh, animated, but do both. <laughs> yeah. It's such a let's have our cake and eat it too scenario. And I've never seen it done better. Yeah. And Bob Hoskins, I mean, let's be honest, he was born to play Mario, but this is the second best.
0: R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. Bob Hoskins. Yeah. Man, not a great Mario performance. <laughs> <laughs> what is a great Mario performance? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> 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 who's the best actor named Mario <laughs> L- Lopez. Ah, you might be right. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> I mean, Van Peebles is a director writer. Yeah, man. Not not a lot of good Mario's Mario Bravo. <sighs> yeah, really scrape on the bottom of the barrel there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's he's really fun and Christopher Lloyd is doing his Christopher Lloyd thing for sure. Um yeah, I, there's just so much of this stuff I remember as a kid, but I I guess I didn't remember how like complex the plot is? It's a noir film. They're yeah. always complex. Yeah, but they really don't like explain it to the children in the audience because again, this is a kids' movie. But it's a, here's the difference between this and Beetlejuice, right? Beetlejuice is aimed at adults. This movie is still aimed at children, but it's there's enough in there for adults. Yeah, and I think that that's a line that Disney doesn't cross that Tim Burton crosses quite often. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, which I'm fine with him crossing that line. I don't yeah. Care like i i just you know enjoy the little nods like the baby that the like chauvinistic baby that like slaps the woman's ass and mm-hmm. goes like calls her abroad damn it <laughs> smoking the cigars like he's so good yeah um good. and uh you know th- there are still some pretty like intense scenes here yeah yeah a few you know um there there's like a pretty intense interrogation scene midway through this movie uh where where torturous things are done to cartoon creatures mm-hmm um you know guns are fired quite often um then there are some like adult jokes i wrote down like there's a line about (laughs) jessica rabbit having like a mouse trap in Mm -hmm. her in her skirt and (laughs) the guy reaches down the skirt through her bosom Mm -hmm. and uh i i think it's Bob Hoskins who goes nice booby trap the
1: movie here's the thing like, even though it's, it's like a blending of the live action like the movie at the end of the day is all Looney Tunes because yes. it, it never shies away from being a Looney Tunes sketch even in the live action moments yeah I mean just the scenes with Roger Rabbit and uh, Bob Hoskins uh, ch- handcuffed together it's just comic c- comedic gold yeah nonstop it's right, great it's right like, when he's stuffing them down the sink <laughs> try to get him to shut up I love it
0: yeah it's, it's so good I do find that performance. The the Roger Rabbit. I i don't know who voices Roger Rabbit. It's the guy who um Jesus, he's in Zodiac. <laughs> oh, that's
1: good to know. <laughs> yeah, he's he plays the you know the the oh god. What? Oh I'm bleeding. Look at that. How? I don't know. Did he- you cut
0: yourself on something?
1: On my knee? Yeah, for some reason I'm bleeding. What the hell? Whatever. You'll live. Um yeah, um, I was gonna say, I feel like that's happened before in this podcast. Oh, Adam's bleeding again. Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Um Tis but a flesh one.
0: I was gonna say, um he's you know the, the basement scene? Yeah. That guy. Okay, got that it, guy. got it, okay. All right, yeah. I find him a little annoying in this. Um A little bit. It it's more of like Bugs Bunny karaoke. Yeah, yeah. Or Mickey Mouse karaoke and not... It's not
1: really like Bugs Bunny. He's not like as smart or capable as Bugs Bunny. I'll tell
0: you what he is. He's Woody Woodpecker. That's what he is. He's just like a really over-the-top zany cartoon voice and there's not much character there. Even though Woody Woodpecker is in this movie too. Right. It's just like do a caricature of a cartoon voice. Don't like do a unique cartoon voice. Yeah. And I get like that's part of the point, but I just kind of found that character to be generic. And all of the other cartoons around him are these iconic figures. Yeah, you know, it's um, okay. But that just a small nitpick. Uh, Jessica Rabbit was very hot, remains very hot. Yep, can tell you that still holds up from my childhood. Mm-hmm. Jessica Rabbit. Mm. I think
1: live action, which again doesn't make any sense because that it's it's <laughs> antithetical to the point. <laughs> live action, but live action, you get Christina Hendricks to play Jessica Rabbit. That's about right. Yeah. They better not remake this movie. They won't. No. Could you imagine if they did a live action and they reverse it? <laughs> that would be great. I would see that movie. <laughs> Maybe, how would you even do that? I don't know. <laughs> Just thinking about how stupid it would be. <laughs> the Toontown scene would make no sense. <laughs>
0: so ridiculous um and yeah that end scene like that body horror stuff that climax is really disturbing so yeah i i i was obviously struck by the animation it still looks great Mm -hmm. um changed animation forever changed what we thought was possible with cgi and you know with the blending of animation and live action uh movies were never the same after who framed roger rabbit and uh it's a still great film that you could watch today Even if you can't get away with some of the stuff, like some of the stuff you may want to keep your kids away from until they're like 10.
1: Yeah. It's, it's more disturbing than people would think. I guess that just comes from like these generation of filmmakers. Like it makes sense that Robert Zemeckis would do this too. Yeah. It doesn't surprise me at all. Like Spielberg were making this. He probably would have made similar decisions. Right. Like I love how they're like, they're accessible, but there's a tinge of darkness to everything they do. Yeah. Just a tinge.
0: Yeah. Zemeckis changed movies, man. As much as like, He's become a punching bag in the last few years, like no the dude knew how to direct at one point he it, may, it maybe still does. what's the last thing he did that Marwin movie? Oh, oh, oh really, okay, no, no,
1: I like flight, yeah, I like flight too. He made flight, right? yeah, yeah, he did John Goodman given Denzel Coke it's good He's stuff so
0: good in that movie, yeah, come on, buddy, Pick <laughs> 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 some fun gets good shits. <laughs> He's walking with that briefcase. Oh, my God. I love Goodman in that movie. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that's who framed Roger Rabbit. Really good. Yeah. Incredible. Really, really good. Incredible movie. Rain Man. Winner, best uh, picture that year. Directed by Barry Levinson, starring Dustin Hoffman and Tom Cruise. Got to watch Judge Wapner. (laughs) Got to go Kmart. Got to go to Kmart. Winner of best picture, best actor, best director, and best original screenplay. Nominated for Best Cinematography, Art Direction, Film Editing, and Original Score it was a tour de force yep. at the Academy Awards that year. Selfish Yuppie, Charlie Babbitt's father, left a fortune to his savant brother Raymond and a pittance to Charlie. They travel cross country. Yep. That's the plot. You know, god damn it, this is a great movie, and I will not hear otherwise. Why? Do people say otherwise? I just feel like there's a bit of a movement over the last few years that you know people start second guessing Rain Man.
1: I will admit this does have like that Gladiator vibe with me, where it's like you're afraid to admit that you like it. At least for my experience, I'm uh-huh. always afraid to say yeah, I, I actually kind of love Gladiator, and it's always been that same way here, where it's like if I talked with film snobs, they're like, oh, you like like sugary bullshit, such a crowd pleaser. Yeah, it's like, who
0: cares? It's great. This is not driving Miss Daisy. No. This is um not green book this is you know although it's i i think sometimes lumped in with those yeah sugary it's easy answer to complex problems movies it's not always a comfortable movie though i agree that's the thing i agree yeah and that all comes from cruise yeah that all comes from cruise
1: son of a bitch (laughs) (laughs)
0: like there are no scenes like that in fucking green book (laughs) absolutely not man like tom cruise is is a dick yeah a dick and he's not like a lovable dick either he's a dick dick yes throughout most of this movie this is a cliche i've said this before and you've said it before and i'll and we'll both say it again uh cruz steals this movie yes he does he he's got the best performance and the fact that he wasn't even nominated hmm at the Oscars, and that Dustin Hoffman gets to win his first Oscar for this is absurd. Well, if it, you've never, if if it was more obvious to point out the flaws
1: in the Oscars, I think this would be it because they were just gravitated towards the showy performance, and yep. they, they were completely blind to the fact that oh, it's maybe not quite as impressive as what Tom Cruise has. To is it through. a showy
0: performance though? Yeah, for them, yeah, it's what the Oscars love, isn't it? I mean, it's a transformative performance. Yeah, it is a performance that is furthest from Dustin Hoffman's actual personality. Yes. But, like, once you fall into the groove,
1: Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? It's usually, like, all actors need. They need a pair of glasses or they need a walk and they got it.
0: Right. Counting cards. Mm -hmm. What you doing? Counting cards. Mm -hmm. Counting cards. Like, yeah, he's Raymond. Okay, we get it. Like, yeah, we understand. Yeah, I get it. I know. Tom Cruise has to go, like, to the highest of highs and the lowest of lows in this movie. And he's, like... Really neurotic the entire time. But he's... Yeah, well, you're right. I was going to say, he's going all over the
1: place. It's not just like high highs or low lows. It's like, you know, even just like handling Raymond in between when they're sitting around eating pancakes or counting toothpicks or whatnot. Right. I just love him in in like every moment, even when he's like, okay, how many cards and... Or what cards do I have? Mm -hmm. And he says the cards out loud and he's like, you are beautiful,
0: man. Just (laughs) moments like that, I just think are so much more touching. Right. And it's an incredibly touching movie that doesn't really pander to you. I don't see it as like a pandering movie. Barry Levinson has made some pandering movies over the years. This is not one of them, man. Yeah, I, I, I don't think people, if they
1: criticize it enough, I don't think they've really stopped to watch the movie. Yeah. I wonder how many people have, have actually seen
0: the movie. It's got a 65 on Metascore. That sounds incredibly low. Yeah, that is particularly low. Yeah, but this is like another Forrest Gump type situation. Yeah, I get that. I understand. You know?
1: I, want, I keep wanting to say fucking uh, um, 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 uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s whole monologue in Tropic Thunder, but I'll get in trouble. <laughs>
0: Because I love do- I love doing that voice. <laughs> you can say it. <laughs> it's about to get canceled in two weeks anyway, so yeah, let's, let's go down with the ship. Yeah, canceling cult- Tropic Thunder. Cancel culture. Yeah, let's go. Okay. Um. Okay. L- honestly. <laughs> are there any listeners? And I, I don't care what side of the political spectrum you are. I don't care if you have a a a fucking blue tie or red tie or somewhere in between. I don't care if you voted for Jill Stein. (laughs) I don't give a shit how far left, how far right you are. Are you actually offended by Tropic Thunder? God, get get over. Is there any human being out there that is legitimately offended by an episode of The Golden Girls and that demands or an episode of Thirty Rock? That demands it being taken down. They're looking for
1: things to be offended by. They want importance. They want to feel important. Because that's how they do it. It's easy. It's very easy to do. And that's part of the problem. It's too right, easy.
0: Right. Getting apologies just makes them feel strong. Yes. Makes them feel powerful. And it, I, it's as simple as that. Who the hell is offended by Tropic? Like, seriously, who's offended by Tropic Thunder? And there's one
1: person in high school who was, because she was mentally challenged. <laughs> okay
0: but no honestly it is way more offensive towards mentally challenged people than it is black people
1: oh yeah yeah yeah, way more yes but even that's like part of the point though yes it's pointing out the idiocy of these high-profile actors yes you're supposed to be looking at the the, this movie and saying like oh yeah hollywood's fucking stupid And you think you can get away with anything yeah exactly so put up your guards people because i'm about to go ahead just say it Dustin Hoffman, very man, look retarded, act retarded, not retarded, man counting toothpicks and cheetah cards, artistic, sure, not retarded, man, Tom Hanks, force scum, slow yes, retarded maybe, braces on his legs, but he chomped the pants off next to him and won a ping pong competition, that ain't retarded, he was a goddamn war hero, you know any retarded war heroes, you went full retard, man, <laughs> never go full retard, you don't buy that, just ask Sean Penn, 2001, I am saying. remember, <laughs> went full retard, went home empty handed,
0: uh <laughs> so rain man and now my normal voice <laughs> <laughs> so rain man yes
1: uh you like it right i really like it i like w- of it of course too. i do i've seen it quite a few times yeah oh every time it's
0: on i watch it yeah hey, i think i've seen it more than beetlejuice and who framed roger rabbit it's so funny <laughs> this is this is gonna be so off topic here. I don't really have much to say like on a cinematic level about Rayman. Like it's a crowd pleaser. I mean that's kind of Barry Levinson for you though. Right. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. kind of the way he is. Sure. He's
1: just really good at handling like really tight stories though. Sure. Rob Reiner is the same way. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. A perfect
0: example. Cut actually. from the same cloth. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just they make solid movies and they get good scripts and they get good performers and yeah. they don't fuck anything up. I agree. Just yeah. don't fuck anything up. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a funny story <laughs> because of course Raymond can only shop for underwear at Kmart. Okay. I'm getting that correct, right? It's underwear at Kmart. That's what he needs to get at Kmart. Yes. Yeah. Yes, right. yes, yes. Because he won't get it anywhere else. For years, my grandfather only got underwear at Kmart. And I don't know if he got it from Rain Man. Like, oh, they must have really good underwear at Kmart if Dustin Hoffman shops there. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is. But Raymond shops there, not no, Dustin Hoffman. I, 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 know, I know. But for years, like, he went to Kmart. and That's where he got his tiny whities yeah. I don't know where he got it from. <laughs> Kmart sucks. Kmart does not suck. Yes. When's the last time you've been to Kmart?
1: Last time I went to Kmart was in Torrington, Connecticut. There's About, a Kmart in Torrington? There was. I think uh, like 10 years ago, but I
0: think it's since been shut down. One in Southbury. Really? Yes. All right. That's, I, I drive by it. It's right off 84 there. There's some Connecticut talk for you. Kmart. What a I used to love
1: Kmart. Thing. What a relic. Yeah.
0: I go to Target and nothing else. You're a Target
1: shopper? Yeah, I am. Okay. Why? Where do you go? Walmart? (laughs) All right, Mr. Bourgeoisie. Where do you go? Do you go to Walmart? (laughs) With the common folk, yes. You sick fucker. I shop amongst the common people. You sick motherfucker. I shop with the peasants. Yeah, yeah, you shut. In that cesspool. Bloody peasant.
0: oh what a giveaway did you hear that <laughs> yeah top cruise best part of rain man right yes 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 yes. yes. okay good <laughs> die hard and that, yes die oh, Hard. we're all over the place today. <laughs> that's a segue uh directed by john mctiernan nominated yes. for best sound best editing best sound effects best visual effects stars bruce willis bonnie bedelia reginald vel johnson and alan rickman in his film debut yep shocking one of the most impressive debuts ever shocking here's what roger ebert said about diehard the idea has a certain allure to it you think a cop is trapped inside a high rise with a team of desperate terrorists he is all that stands between them and their hostages give the terrorist leader brains and a personality make one of the hostages the estranged wife of the cop and you've got a movie the name of the movie is Die Hard, and it stars Bruce Willis in another one of those Hollywood action roles where the hero's shirt is ripped off in the first reel so you can see how much time he has that he's been spending at the gym. <clears throat> Man, that is so fucking... God, Roger. Oh, Yeah. He's a New York cop who has flown out to Los Angeles for Christmas. Come to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. And we quickly learn that his marriage was put on hold after his wife left for the coast to accept a great job offer. She's now a vice president of the multinational Nakatomi Corp. And shortly after Willis makes his surprise entrance at her office party. The terrorist strike. Okay, that is such like a degradating summation of this movie. That's not what this movie is at all. Oh, no. Well, he was coming off of the, uh, the th- his feelings towards like action movies of the 80s. Right. This is
1: a review of Commando. This is not yes. a review of Die Hard. Oh, it's a complete misunderstanding yeah. of, of the movie in, in, in entirety. Yeah, it's one of the, yeah, like, like I said, one of the most infamous reviews I think he's ever put up. Where yeah. It's like everyone's like, what the hell were you talking Did about? Did
0: he revisit it at some point?
1: He must have.
0: I'm not seeing it here. He must have, He didn't? No, I don't wow. think so. Yeah, that's one that he needed to do a retrospective on. Yes. Because he's so wrong. This movie is, as we've said many times in the past, like, breaking down the action hero and commenting on the action yes, hero. yes, yeah. This is the first time that just, like, a regular dude that was a cop from New York... Just ends up at the wrong place at the wrong time. You don't see
1: any action movies of the eighties where the, the hero comes in on in, in an airport holding a giant teddy bear that's bigger than him, by the yes, way. Yes, exactly. So we can gonna say Taking off his shoes to, to for therapeutic reasons. Yes walking on the ground and getting his foot cut and not being able to walk. It's the best scene of the movie is yeah. walking on the glass. It's the, be- it's one of the best scenes in any action movie ever. It's, it's incredible. I mean, for, for, as far as I'm concerned on this list, it's, it's Akira and it's this, and I don't know. Um, this, yeah, this is like one of those like, uh, epiphanies for me when I first saw it again, where I was like, why have I waited so long until seeing this? I think I was in, I think I was like, uh, Oh boy. I think it was a freshman in college when I first saw this movie. What? For me. Can you think about that? What? This is like so my kind of movie. It took you me- saw a freshman year of
0: college? Yeah, it was like years until I first saw this oh, movie. Oh, wow. This was the first action movie I fell in love with. Oh, really? Th- yeah, this was it. Wow. I, I watched, I- man, I was maybe 11, mm-hmm. 11 or 12. And after that, it was all 80s, 90s action movies. Wow. Like I did In the Line of Fire. Uh, I did the Seagal movies at the time. Like I, I, I did Rambo. Mm. It was all because of diehard. I love this movie. Yeah. Um, it's like perfect. It's yeah. It's a perfect movie in, in in every way. Yes. Uh, you know, Ebert writes about it disparagingly, but like that elevator pitch is really appealing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a high concept movie. It's really simple. It's like, you can just describe it in one sentence yep. and it works. Um, Bruce Willis has never been better. no, No. Has he ever been better? No, this is a star-making performance here. Yeah. Come out to the coves. We'll get together, have a few laughs. Have a few laughs. Now I got a shotgun. Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) Or now I got a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. It is perfect.
1: Welcome to the party. (laughs) Who the fuck's driving this car? Stevie Wonder? one-liners but like relatable one-liners that like a, a, a smarmy prick would say It's yes. great the arnold would never have said exactly right there are like no one-liners in this movie really other than Yippie ki motherfucker yeah and uh, and honestly it, the way it's done in here is not in a one-liner fashion as it is in the other movies yes, you're right
0: you're 100 right yeah yeah i, I mean Yippie ki is like the quote but yeah i think like i quote this movie uh, in ways that I would quote an Aaron Sorkin movie. Yeah. You know, not necessarily like I don't quote it the way I would quote like Adrian mm-hmm. or like another line that clearly has a lot of emphasis put on it. Yeah. Um ki is that line. But yeah, there's a, a ton of lines in this that it's just a great script. Yes, I agree. It's a really charming script with a really charming lead <laughs> performance in it. Always felt like something that Shane
1: Black should have written, but he didn't. Yeah. It's, it's so Shane Black of yeah, that happy era. happy Shane Black did not write it. It would have been good, dude. Just shut up. It would <laughs> not have been, been this. it eh, would have been close. <laughs> would have been pretty damn close. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, and then it doesn't go without saying. I mean, everyone's talked about this, but I mean, Alan fucking Rickman in this movie. One of my favorite, if not my favorite movie villain. Yeah, oh yeah. In terms of like a like a human presence, because Darth Vader's a little different. Yeah. Uh in terms of just like like one big baddie dude uh, against another hero dude, uh Alan Rickman's like the most charismatic villain in the world. He feels overqualified. He feels like he shouldn't even be in this movie. Well now in retrospect. Yeah. But uh back then, yeah, it's like who is this guy? Right.
0: Incredible. I mean Hans Gruber is an incredible name that to is begin true. with. Hans Gruber <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Hans. <laughs> I just love when Bruce Willis calls him Hans. I
1: <laughs> Every single scene with them together is great. Or just radioing in. I love his Yippie ki motherfucker.
0: Yes. What is that you said? yippee ki Motherfucker? Motherfucker. That's right. It's so, it's so different. Motherfucker. Yeah, uh, it is definitely a Christmas movie. Yep. No
1: doubt about it. Colin and Zach will have this discussion now. One of these days. Why is that up for debate? Debate. i don't know i really don't i feel like the consensus is that it's a christmas movie now <laughs> we sound like such jerks
0: when we say that no but like it is it's a christmas movie right i don't care it's, it's- Yeah. why is universal health care even up for debate that's what you sound like when you say that that's exactly what i'm saying um <laughs> well i i think people recognize that it is christmas adjacent but that a christmas movie needs to involve certain Christmassy. Tropes. But it
1: does.
0: I agree, it does.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's Christmas music playing all over the fucking place. Yes. Aesthetically, it's very Christmassy.
0: I think thematically, it's Christmassy. The whole story is put into motion through a Christmas party. Yes. (laughs) He returns home to reunite with his family. What's more Christmassy than that? Yeah. It's planes, trains, and automobiles, right? Even though that's a Thanksgiving movie. But still, same idea, Thanksgiving movie. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It's great. And the action scenes are incredible. Um, the Craft is, is, you know, and again, John McTarran and, you know, close to at his best. I still like Predator a little bit more. That's crazy. Uh, but this is very, very close second. That's crazy. Um, they're very different movies, though. I mean, I in terms of, like, action, I don't judge them the same way. This is more like a full force action film than even that one is. Yeah. Um, but both are commenting
0: on the action hero.
1: Yes. And yeah, I, I think in a way you don't, if, if you don't have
0: Predator, you don't have this in a lot of ways, so uh yeah i agree sure (laughs) um it's die hard it is die it's a movie that a lot of people have seen yes of course so i'm not gonna say anything else yes (laughs) (laughs) it's fucking awesome so that's that uh okay you honestly think akira has a chance here yeah you (laughs) honestly think so i say i say make it a two horse race it's die hard and it's okay make it make as impassioned a plea as you possibly can and then
1: i have to go i mean i think it's the best movie it's the not the best movie. I, I think it's the most... Imp- it's not fucking better than Die Hard, please. It might, Stop. It, it might be. It might Stop it. It's the most impressive, I think. Even on a technical level, I just think the fact that what they're pulling off visually in Akira is more stunning. I've never seen anything else quite like it, even in the genre of cyberpunk. I'm like, whoa. Uh... The most important in terms of the anime genre, we have so much other shit because of this, more so than even Die Hard.
0: Yeah, Is you, Die Hard not responsible for a whole genre of action movie? It's responsible
1: for the action genre in the nineties, I would say. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But that's not alive anymore. Things are still influenced by Die Hard, of course they are. Uh, like high premise, like not to the degree of Akira, though, dude. I mean, in terms of, I think in terms of impact, it's not
0: even really close. Akira's John like, McClane is the wise cracking action star. Sure. Right. Sure. He invented that whole like archetype. Yeah. Yeah. And the best
1: we get now is Deadpool. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Please. Uh, Yeah, it's I mean, again, that's like And you could even argue the validity of some of those movies. I mean, I think like the stuff that Akira birth is far more impressive as well. You know, you go on to again like other other pieces of literature and movies and games and all that other shit. Again, if it if it breaks out of even movies, it becomes even more impressive to me. And that movie certainly did that. And like I said, like like it's it's pretty much responsible for the popularity of uh, anime in uh, the West. It's also a more interesting choice for our little movie podcast here.
0: We just put an anime movie in. I know. We just put Spirited Away. I know. I love Die Hard though. It's it would it would hurt. We're, we are building a movie hall of fame without Die Hard in it. Well, well, we could do a
1: Die Hard pod. No, we can't. Sure, we can. There's a new movie coming out. When? It's like, uh, what the hell is it called? I don't know. It's coming out though. When? And that'll be six movies. <sighs> <laughs> Class of Die Hard. Come on, I would love to talk Die Hard again.
0: I feel like we've had that discussion so many times.
1: <laughs> we have talked about our rankings. We've never actually talked about why, though.
0: I mean, isn't it obvious? No, nope. shouldn't those reasons be obvious? No, nope. you want to build a movie Hall of Fame without Die Hard in it? <laughs> I no, I, I put yourself <laughs> on the record and say
1: that for the people to hear. I want to build. I don't want to, but I, I think we could get it in some other way. Hey, Akira, it has a place. <laughs>
0: okay here is my devil's bargain oh no (laughs) we love a bargain people we love it (laughs) i will put akira in but we will never discuss another anime film ever again (laughs) it is a lifetime ban lifetime ban no more anime nominations ever it ends today not even ghost in the shell it's over it's over. Well, hold on. Uh, we may have even
1: covered Ghost in the Shell like that year already. So, because if that's the case, then yeah, obviously, okay. Um, no Cowboy Bebop. That's a TV show. Although I think there is a movie. Uh, there is a movie. I yeah. thought
0: right. Um. Uh. What? What year was no it? No more Miyazaki. Although I love me some Miyazaki now. Ghost in the Shell. Oh, 1995. We already did. It, so there you go. Okay. You are not allowed to nominate from here on out. Not a word will be spoken about another piece of anime ever again. Okay. Akira. That's insane to me, but congratulations to Akira. <laughs> we will come to rue this day.
1: <laughs> we can do a Die Hard
0: pod. May we can God do it. God have mercy on us all.
1: Which would mean you have to watch a, a good day to die hard, which would just make my 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 year if you watch that
0: fucking piece of shit. What are we doing next week?
1: Well, we could do a class of Die Hard. <laughs>
0: Let's do class of time No <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know you want to <laughs> What did we
0: talk about beforehand Oh 71 uh, uh, Godfather year 72. Or 72 Yeah 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 Alright uh, So you want me to nominate the Godfather And then you can do your thing I don't really think we should nominate the Godfather Okay. Personally
1: Here. <laughs> Okay Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Ba, 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 ba. Come on. Come up, Google. You suck. All right, Deliverance.
0: We kind of talked about it already. but Yeah,
1: I mean, what else are we going
0: to do? Um, I, I've been wanting to, to watch What's Up, Doc. Yeah, me too. Because I want some more Bogdanovich in my life. So I'll say What's Up, Doc. Okay, and I'll do Cabaret. Uh, The Candidate, Robert Redford.
1: Oh, well, I was all probably going to go Jeremiah Johnson, too. So, um, <laughs> Were you? Yeah, I like Jeremiah Johnson. Last House on the Left. Was that here? That's... Mm-hmm. Superfly. I haven't seen the original Last House on the Left. That's uh, uh, Wes Craven's, I believe. First Correct. Term. I mean, we could talk about it. I'm... <laughs> I don't. Oh, did we want to try Aguirre, or do we want to say that for
0: Werner? I want to talk Werner on another show. Yeah. Okay,
1: okay. Okay. Well, we could do the Lorax from 1972. There was a Lorax then. It looks like there was. So of course we have to do the Lorax. That's insane. Yeah. Um 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 um. um. Kind of a thin year. Yeah. I should just nominate Boxcar Bertha. (laughs) Yeah, it's not... uh, Ooh, Everything You Wanted? Well, we talked about it.
0: Yeah. Shit. Uh, Boy. I mean, we can just stick to five, I guess. Yeah, let's just do five. What are they then? Wait, did Harold and Maude come out in 1972? I don't know. No, we already did Harold and Maude, right? Uh, Maybe this page just has it wrong then. I don't know. All right. Okay. Uh, So we're going with uh, Cabaret, Deliverance, The Godfather... What's up, Doc? And uh, and what was the fifth?
1: Um, and The Candidate. The Candidate. So I need to watch The
0: Candidate, and I need to watch What's Up, Doc? Me as well. I also need to watch Cabaret. Okay. Cool. Love Cabaret. I wonder who's going to win that one. What's up, Doc? Do you have another anime? <laughs> is the Lorax going to sweep in at the last <laughs> second? <laughs> the Lorax
1: movie from <laughs> 1972 <laughs> is pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs>
0: Directed by Takashi Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that movie. <laughs> okay. Uh that's coming next week. I am traveling for a few weeks, so we have a bunch of bank shows lined up. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, you're you're gonna you're not gonna see any interruption in your podcast feeds, but I will be away, so we'll add them, I think, for a little bit and uh enjoy yeah. all this film nonsense. We know you love it, I think. Yeah. You know who else? I love listeners yeah they're okay i love them very much they're fine and i do hope that you come back next week me too but until then
1: what do you know you dumb broad you got the iq of a rattle